I am vengeance. I am the night. I am. Matthew Barr is here. And it is Sunday, September 25th, 2022. And this is Enter the Bat Cave, where we are continuing our top 30 countdown of the best episodes of Batman the Animated Series. And we are going to be looking at episodes number 23 to 21. Yep. And these are some good episodes we're going to be looking at here today. Also, uh, for all my people on Wisdom, I will be on Wisdom later after this podcast so make sure that you all tune in because i'm continuing superheroes week i was trying to do one last night had a headache but now i'm feeling much better so now having said all that we shall get into our first episode and the first episode is read my lips yep read my lips and this is another one of my um, favorite episodes i used to watch this episode as a kid uh i haven't seen this in years actually yeah, I haven't seen this in years, but in this episode, we are introduced to the villain known as the Ventriloquist. Yep, the Ventriloquist, the Arnold Wesker incarnation of the villain, the Ventriloquist. And this is episode 64 of season one, though right now... Uh, I'm looking right here on Batman the Animated Series here on HBO Max. It is episode, let's see, got it right, almost there. Oh, episode number 59. Hmm. And so, having said all that, we will now get into the episode. So, countdown starting in 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. And a little background here on the person playing the ventriloquist he's the one who plays boy uh arnie and he plays the dummy scarface he is played by george let me see if i can pronounce his last name right george Dezunza. sorry if i butchered that uh, he is best known for his 
role in Basic Instinct as Gus, which was Michael Douglas's uh, partner. And he is also known for his role in Species Part 2 as Colonel Carter Burgess. Yep, that was his role then. He was also in Dangerous Minds as Hal Griffith, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, friend, as we see the title of the episode there. And for Superman fans, he is best known as Perry White on the Superman animated TV series. So, tch. very impressive acting career he's had. And we're seeing this boxing match here. Yeah, back to the glory days of uh, boxing. You know, the 30s and the 40s. And, uh, of course, I was a huge boxing fan. Still am to this day. I haven't seen it in a while, though. Yeah. There's the promoter there. <laughs> Getting all the money. And... And we see him being escorted here with the police officers. Whoop. Someone turn out the lights. Oh, now the bad guys are making off. And of course, this is very clever here. They're wearing masks and gloves, which is no way to be identified. Of course, they identify themselves right there when we see a little bit of face. Man, that big dude, man, he sure can climb, you know, with those spikes things hmm. I also love the jazz music here played in this episode you know Shirley Walker I mean she was known for having great music for the um, for the television series uh, the you know the most the majority of the music was more of like operatic you know that dun 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 but every once in a while, she would incorporate, um, you know, jazz. And you can also later on see that in the episode of Bullet for Bullock, which is an episode I will be covering in the near future. And here we see the bad guys hide out. Yeah, we see all the little uh, dummies there. And we see the ventriloquist. Gotham Square Garden robbed. Yeah, this is kind of like typical. I mean, we've seen this cliche before in television where there's a crime spree and then there we see the newspaper going, you know, <laughs> oldie but a goodie. Here we see Batman <laughs> scaring Gordon. Have pity on an old man's blood pressure. <laughs> and of course, uh, they don't have much on the guys, but there is a uh, videotape here. And you know, as I mentioned before in previous times on this um, on this podcast, when talking about this show, this was 
placed um, in the 30s and 40s. You know, I mean, um, it's a parallel universe. You know, it's in the 30s and the 40s, but uh, there there is modern technology. And we see the robbers taking off there. Yep, we see them there in their videotape. And of course, the technology with videos is now different because now we have DVDs and Blu-rays and 4Ks. And there we see one of the evidences there. Tattoo. A rhino. And we discover the first bad guy as Batman goes and tries to find a search. And this really does play into his uh, detective skills right here. Yep, and we find him. And there's the big guy named Rhino. <laughs> there we see him walking down a dark alley. And there's the Batman. Yeah. Rhino. <laughs> yep, and Batman's interrogating him here. I love this part. You want information? Watch the news. Tries to go after him. Oh, misses. Goes again. Ole! And then there's the police. Hmm. Yep, we find out his real name is Charles Daly. Charles Rhino Daly. And Gosco, why don't you run along now? Your mom's probably waiting up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. He says, a new guy like that, I'm not sure. A bullet stop him and his partner says, I'm not sure a tank would stop him. Uh, yeah, there are guys that are built like that. We hear a jazz riff there, and we hear a little bit of the theme song mixed in. And we're about to see here is, um, we're about to see, see fully what Scarface looks like. I mean, we've seen from the back image, we've seen the back of his head and and the hat. We know that he's a, um, we do know that he's a puppet. We don't really get a full, um, flesh, we don't get a full view of his face. He is. And even the look on Batman's face, he's like, what? It's a puppet? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, this the dummy, you know, Scarface, 
Um, he's, um, let's see, um, he's, you know, he's kind of in the vein of, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. You know, and, um, hmm. Hmm. Oh, I love that part where he says, shut up. If I want your opinion, dummy, I'll pull your string. You know, this really does play into the duality right here of where do you separate the um, the dummy from the uh, the person? As we see right here, Batman has broken in. He takes a look at him. And he goes touch him, we see his eyes, and he closes them, and then of course he goes looking in the drawer, looking for files, looking for evidence. And so far, he's found nothing. And then we see this ventriloquist here. Oh, now he's about to be interrogated by the Batman. And here we see the ventriloquist talking, but then we also get to hear... Um, Um, you know, and then we hear Scarface without being, you know, pulled, used. And I like this part here, Batman says, you can think I'm dumb, just don't talk to me like I'm dumb. And I've actually used that um, line a few times in my real life, you know, I mean, because there are people who do, you know, who, who want to talk to me like I'm dumb, and, you know, they try to manipulate me sometimes, and I go like, listen, you can think I'm dumb, but just don't talk to me like I'm dumb. And of course, I got that from right here on the animated series. Mm. And of course, uh, we hear the, the dummy there. Mm. Of course, Ventilokos tells him he had a bad dream. Of course, he sees the Batman go off. And then Batman 
course. It's like he diagnoses as multiple personality syndrome disorder, and we find out that's what he um, he has. Yeah, we hear the conversation, and um, we find out that you know the computer thinks, even the computer thinks that it's um, you know it's like two different people, but it's actually the same person. And of course, we find out that Batman, when he was uh, training under um, Satara and his uh, master, I mean her master, um, in the circus, and of course. Uh, there's an episode with Zatara that talked about it. Batman learned how to throw his voice. So. And of course... We find out that it's going to be a trick. Here, the, the shipment that they're about to do the robbery. Of course, Scarface thinks that uh, yeah, you see, he's starting to smell a rat. Of course, uh, little does uh, the ventriloquist know that there's actually a voice there. You know, there's a recording there in the uh, bow tie. And we see the three guys arriving. Oh, spraying on the acid to go through the boat there. Very clever. There we see the, the the platinums there. Oh yeah, those platinum bricks. Oh, they're so heavy. Yeah, they don't look as light as as they do in real life. There we see Batman. Oh, and he goes right in. Dun 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 dun. Uh, we think Batman's got the guy cornered, and here's Rhino. Showing that massive strength. Oh, and those plates fall. Those platinum things fall on Batman. Uh-oh. 
Then we come here from the commercial. We see Batman held up. Oh, see those, uh, uh, we see those little hand dummies there, those mannequins and those sharp nails. And it turns out, uh, he knew about the bug all along. Yep, and of course now Batman is gonna he's gonna play into his um insecurities. He says that he had help. Batman refuses to tell him and it looks like he's gonna fall and of course Batman he says it's the ventriloquist <laughs> and of course, Batman throws his voice to imitate the ventriloquist. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Batman tells me he's been feeding information for, for legal purposes. Uh. And of course, uh, the guys refuse to wax the ventriloquist. And we see the ventriloquist is about to shoot him. Hmm. And go ahead, plead, beg, it ain't gonna do you no good. And of course, Batman gets free. Throwing the Batarang. That's the one thing they forgot. Is that uh, Batman always has a trick up his sleeve, and plus they forgot to take away his uh, utility belt. <laughs> oh! Good palm strike there by Batman. A traditional karate move. Oh, Batman with one punch to the gut, and Rhino doesn't feel it. Ooh. Oh, some more body shots. He does not feel them. So Batman goes for a monkey judo flip. Misses, and oh, Batman trips. Down he goes. Uh-oh. 
there's the one guy here. He's about to fire. Oh! Accidentally shoots Scarface. And... Oh! Batarang to the face. There we see the Vent is there, Arnie, <laughs> crying and sobbing. And then we got to Arkham Asylum. And we hear that he's been um, taking medication, and it looks like his other personality has disappeared. And then... See Scarface making him. Oh! So, yep. Definitely not over. And of course, um, the ventriloquist, he would um, make appearances in about four more episodes. Uh, one episode he appeared in during the, um, the New Adventures of Batman, it was uh, more of a cameo appearance. So, uh, but otherwise he has gone on to do, uh, three other episodes. And one of those episodes, um, I will get into later on in the weeks to come. So, for our next episode, we got Almost Got Him, which is considered a real fan favorite of many fans of series and it is also another one of my favorites as well and we're about to get into this in 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 Two, one, zero, zero, zero. And the idea of this episode, um, according to the creators on the um, DVD of the first season that I have, they well, they said that they wanted to do an idea of, of an episode where the villains are playing cards, and all they do is uh, talk about Batman. And the reality is um, you feel like that's something that would happen if uh, the rogues gallery uh, all got together and had a poker night, and all they would do is just talk about Batman. You know, how they almost got him and stuff. Of course... Uh, the poker game, I believe, would be taking place in Arkham, then in a um, smoky, dim-lit uh, place. And we hear some uh, jazz music there by Shirley Walker. And there we see the Joker. Of course, uh, you can't have, you can't really have a card game without the Joker. 
<laughs> there we see Two-Face there. We have Killer Croc. And then we see the penguin with some tea. <laughs> the sophisticated gangster. And Harvey's uh, drinking some coffee there. <laughs> and then we see Miss... Pamela Isley, Diane, once again, Dan Vestberg. Oh. Oh. And we see Ivy take out Croc there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And. And of course, um, <laughs> we see that there are no hard feel. There are some still some hard feelings between Two Face and uh, Ivy. Of course, um, that goes back into the Pretty Poison episode. And looking at my Wikipedia here uh, on the episode of Almost Got Him, it was influenced by a story arc in Batman. Issue 294, I mean 291 to 294 in 1977, titled, Where Were You on the Night Batman Was Killed? And of course, in the four issues, um, it was Catwoman, Riddler, and the Joker talking about it. And, and of course, that's very different. And we go right here where Ivy talks about her story of how she almost got him. And we have Diane... Oh, it's Diane Pershing as the, um... as Poison Ivy. Oh, shame on me. Hmm. Ooh. Of course, when she does the whole, like, uh, you know, the pumpkin thing, you know, um, you know, that, that, that's a little more of a thing with the scarecrow. That, that's something that maybe the scarecrow would do. Oh. Batman hits her. <laughs> and there goes the pumpkins. Ooh. Poison gas. Huh. Yeah. Well, it goes to show you that uh, Batman is not above hitting a woman. Hm. Even if she is sexy. And of course, Batman from his utility belt calls on the Batmobile. Ooh. And she's down. And there we see Batman 
putting on the mask, a little gas mask there. Yep, and that's how she almost got him. And of course, the Joker, he says that he's going to go last. And then we're going to get into Two-Face's story here. Here he is at the Gotham Mint. And there we see the large penny. Batman loses the coin toss. And then we see the utility belt get taken away. Batman goes after him. Oh, double X handle to the back of the head. <laughs> and this is a Oh, we're back to the poker game here. And then we go back to uh, when Batman is tied to the penny. And according to Wikipedia, Two-Face's strategy and almost got him, strapping down Batman to a giant coin and flipping the coin in the air. It was taken from the comic, World's Finest, issue number three, from September 1947. And, of course... The only difference is, is that um, in the comic, Batman and Robin were tied to a giant penny together. And it was catapulted by the Penny Plunder, who was one of those, um, you know, one-off villains in the Batman series. And here we see Two-Face has discovered that he is, had his coin taken. And Batman, of course, uses... Harvey's broken coin to get free. Yep, so there definitely was a strategy after all to that. And this is bad uh, continuity here because we see Batman with the utility belt here. And then we see him without the utility belt, so... Bad continuity on there, but eh, it's forgiven, you know. A little slap on the wrist on that one. Of course, Batman hangs them up to dry there in the forklift. <laughs> he goes, Here, I owe you a dollar. <laughs> yep. And that's how Batman got the big penny in the Batmobile. I mean, in the Batcave. And here, Killer Croc talks about it. How he almost got him. I love it when he says here. What he's about to say. I threw a rock at him! <laughs> and then we cut to everyone just staring at him like, Uh, okay. You don't get to talk anymore. It was a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, the other, uh, there, 
would be other episodes where uh, Killer Croc would actually um, refer to that, you know. So, um, and actually, those episodes uh, will be talked about as well. And then we get into um, the penguin story here of how he almost got him. As we see Batman arriving there, he sees the penguin trying to break in to um, to the zoo here. And the thing about the penguin is um, it is supposed to be modeled after Danny DeVito, but, um, well, it's a little mixed between both Danny DeVito and Burgess Mer Meredith. Um, if you look at the posters for the penguin in uh, Batman Returns, he has, um, you know, he does have the cigarette um, holder. He has the cigarette holder and the cigarette. Though, um, it's not really used in the movie. There's a cameo appearance. You know, it makes a bit of a cameo appearance when it's announced he's going to be running for the mayor of Gotham. And, of course, he spits it out. And we don't see uh, the penguin in that one smoke. And... Here in, in the cartoon, you know, we see, you know, the actual um, penguin, you know, with his actual cigarette holder and the cigarette, though we don't see uh, the cigarette lit, you know, and Burgess Meredith's um, penguin in, on the uh, 66 television series, um, you know, we always saw him with the, you know, with the cigarette and the cigarette was actually really lit. That was a real cigarette, by the way. And... Of course, we see the penguin's um, father, who is played by Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. He was the father of the penguin. Um, he was, yeah, he played that, and he actually had the cigarette lighter, you know, the, I mean, the cigarette holder and stuff. So, and. That, of course, was also cut from an idea that uh, Burgess Meredith uh, was supposed to make a cameo appearance. He was going to make a cameo appearance and actually was going to play the father of the Penguin. You know, kind of like a passing of the torch. But by that time, he had been in declining health and, you know, he was not up for it. In fact, um, he would shortly pass away in 1997. Yeah, I think it was like about um, I think about a month or so after um, Batman and Robin had hit theaters. So, rest in peace to uh, the original Penguin, Burgess Meredith. <laughs> and you see Batman takes one of the little birds there and all sticks that big ostrich with it. <laughs> And the thing about the Penguin is that uh, the Penguin is more of a sympathetic villain than any of the other uh, villains in the, um, you know, in the rogues gallery. You know, of course, um, Clayface is very sympathetic as well, but I think the Penguin is more sympathetic because he's someone who was born with flippers and he wants to... Um, you know, he wants to be part of society, he wants to be treated as a normal functioning person in society, but yet he does not get the respect, and thus he becomes a 
gangster. And now we go to the Joker. And we hear Harley here. Late night with Gotham. Yep. Back in the days when TVs were in black and white. <laughs> of course, thank God, television is a lot uh, different now. And, you know, I mean, I've said before, it does go back to the whole parallel universe. You know, it's, um, you know, it really is takes place in a place where um, the 30s and the 40s um, never died. You know, they just never went away. You know, you do see, you know, the platform shoes, you hear the jazz music, you see the gangster type outfits. But there's also modern technology as well. Well, I should say uh, the technology of the time. And I think that also played a huge part on the TV series Gotham, you know, because, well, not only Gotham, yeah, it did play a huge uh, significance in the TV series Gotham, because Gotham, you know, you do see some 30s cars, 40s cars, but then um, there's modern technology like cell phones and what have you. As we see Batman strapped to an electric chair. <laughs> and I love that. More to come. And we're back from the commercials here. And I like this one here. Joker goes over to Batman and he goes, So, how's Robin? And Batman just... Sits there and says nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, this goes to show you that uh, Batman is not the type of person to be on a talk show. Yeah. He's uh, he's not one to really... Uh, he's not really a chatty Annie type of person. Unless he, he's with Jim Gordon. Hmm. And there we see Harley Quinn there. Laughing to the laugh meter Oh, electric sparks. And there's the laughing gas. Of course, it wouldn't be... You know, it wouldn't be Joker if uh, there wasn't any laughing gas or laughing poison. And of course, uh, Harley reads from the from the phone booth here and people are just laughing because of the gas toxin and um and of course also uh the 89 batman movie well both the 89 batman movie and the uh batman returns movie they both take place in the parallel universe where it's the 30s and the 40s but there is still modern technology as well so it just kind of works in the in the batman universe it's you know, the Bat... Of course, it's the DC universe, but, um, you know, when it comes to Batman, it, it almost has its own universe, just like uh, Metropolis, you know, with Superman has its own universe, as we see Catwoman there. Ooh. Now Batman using the pitchfork to unlock himself. Tch. And Batman finally escapes. Boom goes the dynamite. 
and we cut back to here. And then we see a continuation here where the Joker is backstage. And Catwoman. Oh! She's got him. And then... Oh! Knocked out by the... Harley Quinn's boxing glove gun there. <laughs> and of course, uh, we saw her use that in the uh, episode with um, with Batgirl and Supergirl. And the Joker has won all the money. And then, of course, we find out later that uh, Catwoman is being um, held in a special hiding place where she is to be killed. Trying to make her into cat food. And then you hear the voice thing, the voice change, and it turns out Killer Croc is Batman. There he is. And just when it looks like, you know, Batman's done for, he's outgunned, outnumbered, it turns out there's undercover cops. And we even see uh, Bullock and uh, Gordon make a uh, cameo appearance. And there we go to the cat factory. And, um, Harley Quinn, you know, I mean, she is, I mean, I've talked about it in some of the episodes that she's been in, uh, you know, she has gone on to become, you know, a very iconic figure in the Batman universe, and, um, of course, I don't think we've ever seen a real fight between, um, Harley and Catwoman on the series. Yeah, I don't believe we ever have. And, you know, that's also kind of a shame, you know, because that would be like the ultimate, uh, no pun intended, cat fight. Uh, now Batman's got Harley. And it looks like Catwoman's about to meet her doom, and then Batman, uh, stops it. <laughs> Use the switch and turns the power off. <laughs> I love when she goes. She goes. Good call. Help. And we hear a smack. <laughs> and there we see up and there on top of the building we see Batman and Catwoman being vertacious with each other. And you know this really is a. It really is a cat and mouse, uh, no pun intended again, relationship between Batman and Catwoman. You know, um, you know, it looks like they're going to get close, and but then we always get a reminder that they're in two different worlds, and 
you know, their their values and, you know, their principles get in the way. And as Batman takes off into the night. And all in all, this was a, this is a good episode. You know, I mean, this is a great episode. Uh, like I mentioned before, it's a fan favorite among fans. They love this episode. And, you know, it is considered, um, you know, one of the best. And I'm glad that I have it right here on this uh, countdown. You know, because it's just, um, just a tremendous uh, episode. And now we are going to get into another episode. Yep. And this is... Yeah, so far these two episodes have all been uh, season one episodes. And this is another season one episode, Perchance to Dream. This was the second episode to feature... The Mad Hatter. Yeah, this was the second episode to feature uh, the Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter had been in a previous episode. Um, trying to find it here. Damn. My uh, thing is acting up here. I think it's because, uh, I think mostly because of the weather. It's actually raining in Boston. It's cloudy and and rainy here, so sometimes the weather affects the television. Alright, gotta seem to have gotten it fixed. Oh yeah, the first episode he appeared in was uh, Mad as a Hatter. Yep, Mad as a Hatter. So, uh, this would be the second episode we see here. And of course, uh, we get another appearance by Catwoman in this episode as well. So, without further ado, let's get right into the episode in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. And as we're looking at the beginning here of this episode, uh, I'm actually doing this episode, yeah, this episode here on, in the living room. I'm doing this entire episode in the living room. And, uh, my mom is, uh, in the kitchen making dinner. So, a perchance to dream here. Uh, this episode, we have the Mad Hatter. And he's played by Roddy McDowell. Yeah, and of course, um, this is not his uh, first time doing um, doing some work for Batman. Uh, he's, as I'm looking at right now, his filmography here. He actually did the voice of um, the narrator in um, the Batman audiobook. Yeah, the 1989 Batman audiobook. And he was the, the narrator for that. And there's actually one part where they're playing the Joker 
yeah, whenever the Joker plays his radio music, instead of it being like Prince music, he goes, a boom, shakalaka, laka, boom, shakalaka, laka, boom, shakalaka, laka. <laughs> so funny. I mean, I, I still get a laugh at it whenever I hear it. So. And I think he also did one for another Batman adventure book. Um, I'm not quite sure. I have to go back and, and look at it. But, uh,. Ronnie McDowell is a British actor. Uh, his most notable films was The Longest Day, The Greatest Story Ever Told, That Darn Cat in 1995, uh, Class of 1984, which is um, a real cult following film. And he's also been on the stage as well. He's been on the stage. He's done Broadway and in England and here in the States as well. As we see... Batman up, blinded by the lights. He looks up. <laughs> what the? And of course, we see Bruce Wayne waking up. Hmm. And of course, um, you know, Bruce is soon going to realize that. Um, Of course, he now starts to realize that he's actually um, not in his own universe here. You see that Alfred just prepares breakfast. Hmm. Then he goes into the into the living room. And pulls on the clock. And, you know, to go to the Batcave, and, of course, he realizes that it's not working. Got me some sparkling nice classic lemonade. And then we see... Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne. Yeah. Bruce's parents are alive. And of course, Thomas Wayne is played by Kevin Conroy. And of course, Kevin Conroy, who's also the voice of Batman, this uh, would not be the first time he voiced um, Thomas Wayne. He also voiced Thomas Wayne on on the episode of Two-Face Part 2 when Batman is having a bad dream and uh, he says, if only you could have saved us, Bruce. And then he would actually later go on to play the voice of Thomas Wayne on the movie Batman vs. Robin, you know, which was the movie that featured the Court of Owls. And, you know, it was nice to... To hear uh, Kevin Conroy make a little voice cameo appearance in that. Now, of course, at first, uh, we don't know it's actually the Mad Hatter behind it. I mean, we don't really know who's really behind this. And, um, you know, I mean, it, 
I mean, this really, well, in a way, it could have also been like a Hugo Strange episode as well. I mean, Hugo Strange does make a one-episode appearance in one of the episodes, and Hugo Strange also, you know, I mean, he's not, um, you know, he's not somebody that would be above this, you know, I mean, the whole dreams and stuff like that, so... And, of course, Hugo Strange was, you know, he's never really been explored that much. Um, well, except for on the TV series Gotham. But other than that, uh, he hasn't really been explored much in the car in the cartoons and in the movies. Though, um, the character Hugo Strange, the guy who's supposed to, who played him in Batman Forever when he's talking with uh, Edward Nygma, um, I heard that that was supposed to be somewhat of a setup for him to appear in later movies. But then, um... That never came through fruition. And then we see Batman. Yep, and Batman and Selena, they go outside. So, yep, we see that uh, Bruce is engaged to Selena Kyle, which is a dream of his. And, oh, and we see the Batman in action. flip. Of course he grabs the guy. Ooh. Oh, swings around. And the guy's all dizzy. And this is um, another rarity that Batman appears in the daytime here. <laughs> You know, him being the Dark Knight and, you know, saying that he is vengeance, he is the Knight. <laughs> yeah, Bruce sees him and Selena goes, isn't he fantastic? And Bruce goes, actually, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes off and disappears. <laughs> of course, no one knows who Batman is. He says that Batman appeared a few weeks ago. <laughs> I like when he says, he says, does the name Catwoman ring a bell? And of course, um, Bruce, you know, he's starting to see what his life would have been like had he, had his parents not been killed. And of course, that's also been explored on the cartoon series and in the comics as well. As we see, I'm talking with uh, Dr. Leslie Tompkins. And Leslie Tompkins, um, she did make some appearances in early... I think in like in the first season of uh, the series. And I don't think she made any more appearances uh, after, the first after the first season. And she's always been portrayed as like a confidant of uh, Bruce. And, you know, she knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. 
you can also see it in the graphic novel Batman Year Two, which I did a review of. Uh, you can go back and check that out. And of course, on the TV series Gotham, she was portrayed by Marina Bakai, and of course, in that one, she winds up marrying Jim Gordon, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. And there we see Bruce, uh, he, he starts to, he's starting to accept it a little bit. And he's really starting to accept the fact that, you know, he doesn't have to be, um, you know, he doesn't have to be Batman. see that you know he's starting to be happy and he's starting to accept his life and and of course he opens he reads the newspaper and he sees all the words jumbled together and according to psychiatrists they say that um that's how you can tell if you're in a dream or not, is if um, in your dream you're reading words, like you're reading a newspaper or a book, and the, you know, and then the words are all scrambled together and stuff. So that's a clear sign that it is a, that it is all a dream. And some of them don't even have words. <laughs> And of course, Bruce, he starts to lose it. And then he realizes, you know, as he says here, it's a lie, it's all a lie. So he realizes he's, um, you know, he really can't accept this reality. And he, then he watches the news. And we hear that uh, Batman has... Uh, Apprehended some criminals. Oh. Throws a trophy right there at the TV. You know, and again, it just goes right into how talented of a voice actor Kevin Conroy is. He... You know he's uh, he can play both Batman, Bruce Wayne, and he can be uh, the father of Bruce Wayne as well. And we see him there getting some weapons there. And then as he goes to leave, he's about to get in his car, and there are the police. Of course, uh, of course, Batman or say Bruce tries to cooperate, and cops say his parents are very concerned with him and tells him to come with him. <laughs> yeah, Bruce goes very well, but not right now. And then we see Bruce giving chase here. Yeah, and this alleyway kind of looks like, um, 
you know, it kind of looks almost like the, uh, the, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the alleyway that was, uh, used in, um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And we see Bruce here climbing to the top of the building. <laughs> One of the officers says, guy moves like Batman. Well, that's because, in the words of Michelle Pfeiffer, because he is Batman, you moron. <laughs> uh, gee. There we see him in the graveyard here. And then sees the police car. Yep, the police caught up to him. Climbs over the wall. <laughs> yep, manages to escape the police once again. Then uses the rope there. He's gonna climb up. <laughs> Little shades of the uh, Batman sixty six series. <laughs> now he makes it to the bell tower. I like when he goes right here. Here I am. I've been waiting for you. He's waiting on the arrival of Batman. And I uh, love this shot here. That's about to come up. Here it is. Batman comes out on a rope. Swings right in. And now we're about to see... The Ultimate Showdown, Bruce Wayne versus Batman. Bruce goes after him, Batman, oh! Back by drop, Bruce lands on his feet, oh! Double axe handle. And now we get a slugfest. That's good here that he can do two voices at the same time. Of course, he tells him this is all a dream. And he says, There's news where he will try to read the newspaper. Yeah. Reading is the right function side of the brain. Wow. And dream is the left side. Of course, he thinks that Batman's the key to all this. Yeah, that's how I found out about the whole dream thing, you know, about how when the words are jumbled up, then it's a... Uh, that, that's how you know you're really in a dream. And, you know, it just goes to show, you know, Bruce Wayne's intelligence here. Oh, it's Batman. Oh, good karate chop. 
I mean, this is like a a good slugfest we're seeing here. Ooh. And then, oh, good knee by Bruce. Now he's about to take off his mask. And it's the Mad Hatter. Yep, it was in a dream. And he says he's only part of a dream. And of course, the. You know, it has no operations to the real world. Yep, that's not the real Mad Hatter. So the real Mad Hatter um, does not know who the real Batman is. Hmm. Yep. And of course, uh, Mad Hatter tries to, to play tricks on him, saying like, oh, is this merely part of a dream or is this really real? Yeah, I like how he's making some references to Alice in Wonderland, and Bruce goes, This isn't some fairy tale storybook. And of course, Bruce uh, refuses to live a lie. He's telling him that he can't wake up from his dream. As we see the police making their way up the stairs. And Bruce ponders. He's got a smile. And it looks like he's about to take a big jump. Hmm. Hmm. I like when he says it. He goes, you know, what if you're wrong? And then Bruce says, then I'll see you in your nightmares. And we see him jump. And the Batman has woken up. Yep. Oh, good elbow. And a good sidekick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Batman's very strong-minded. Course. And of course, a uh, little callback to the episode of uh, Roll Mad here, uh, which the Mad Hatter appeared. You know, he started out as uh, stalking a girl that he really liked, and of course, Batman ruined it for him. 
And I love this last part here. You know, Gordon's got the machine. He goes, any idea what it is? And Batman says, yes, the stuff that dreams are made of. Nice little drop the mic thing on that one. <laughs> and... There you go. There's the episode right there. And I hope you all loved all three of those episodes. Tremendous. And next week, I'll be back with more from the countdown. As in the next, ep in the next three episodes, we got two featuring the Joker. And those are two of the best uh, Joker episodes of all time. And we have one episode, part of a two-parter, that features a peculiar villain. So tune in next week. Hope you all loved it. And I'm about to go on Wisdom. And until then, later, masturbators.